Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bonneau, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So my guest today is Joe Apfelbaum. He's the CEO and founder of Ajax Union, a B2B digital marketing agency. Recently launched EVAI, a LinkedIn assistant. He's also an author, a coach, a speaker. We're going to talk about all of that. But first, thank you for making the time, Joe. It's a pleasure having you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Sure, sure. Let's start with a bit of a background. Tim, tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get to do what you do today? So when I was a teenager, I started off as a web developer. I started learning how to build websites. And the famous saying is, if you build it, they will come. But the truth is <laughs> I built many websites in my 20s and I didn't see anybody come. So I had to learn the <laughs> search engine optimization. I don't know if you're familiar with SEO, but I had to learn how do you get people to come to a website? And I got really, really good at SEO. I became much better at SEO than I was at web design to begin with. And what I found was that SEO was reoccurring revenue. And so my business had the opportunity to be able to grow significantly. So 15 years ago, I started a marketing agency and I decided to focus on SEO. But then customers started asking me, can you also do social media? Can you also do email marketing? Can you also do pay-per-click advertising? Can you also do branding and all types of stuff. So we became a full service digital marketing agency and we've serviced over 1100 clients. And then people started asking me, Joe, how do you use LinkedIn so effectively? Because, you know, I was getting a lot of clients from using LinkedIn. So I said, let me show you. And I started showing people and they said, can you turn it into a course? I said, okay, mm-hmm. I'll start a new business. When the pandemic hit, we lost about 75% of our clients and our agency oh. pretty quickly because we were heavily <laughs> hospitality industry and a lot of companies, you know, which just were paused. There was no hospitality happening. And so we lost a lot of clients at that point. And we decided to open up a training business. So we opened up a training business, teaching people how to use LinkedIn and it took off. We've serviced over a, a thousand companies in that business over the past three years. And we've been able to do really well building out trainings on how to use sales navigator, how to use LinkedIn organic, how to do LinkedIn lives and like just teaching people the basics and the more advanced of how do you leverage LinkedIn to get clients. And then one of the issues that we found is that a lot of our clients don't have the time to do it themselves. Also, they have writer's block, you know, they're in their head, they have a lot of fear. And so when the AI came out last November, people started saying, Joe, can you teach us how to use AI? Can you teach us how to use AI? So I had to learn how to use ChatGPT and all the other tools as they were coming out. And I spent a lot of time and I built an AI course, but I also built a technology company called Evy AI. That's E-V-Y-A-I.com. And I teach people how to use that technology to be able to write posts, to be able to leave comments, to be able to send direct messages. And it doesn't automate LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't like when it gets automated. Instead, it just drafts relevant content that helps speed things up and it helps you not have writer's block. So if you want to write, mm-hmm. if you want to write a post on LinkedIn. There's a certain way that the algorithm works that you have to write the post in order for you to get any exposure on the post. How do you get comments? How do you get likes on your posts? Most people have no idea how to do that. You need to start with a hook. Then you need to have main points. Then you need to have a call to action. And then you need to have some hashtags. So the AI will actually do all that stuff for you in a matter of seconds 
And so this way you don't have to spend a whole lot of time doing it. And also if you want to leave comments, the AI will draft comments in your voice. So you can create your persona. It'll draft a comment in your voice based on your persona. And it'll literally do that in seconds. I just left a comment for you on your most recent post that you started with. Anyone tried to creating a quiz funnel? And so I left that comment. I didn't actually, I didn't see me move my fingers. <laughs> But then the AI writes it, I read it, I approve it and hit post and that's it. And now I just left you a very well thought out comment on your post, which gives me exposure with you. It gives me exposure with your followers, with my followers. And if could you imagine leaving 10, 15, 20 comments a day on other people's posts, most people don't even get one comment on their posts. So that yeah. be able to build cloud, build relationships. And so we have thousands of people that are using it right now. And my goal is to help 30,000 people make a difference in their LinkedIn every single day. Wow. Cool. <laughs> uh, I have so many questions. Um, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and sort of place them as, as I was thinking of them as you were talking. So 15 years, you said, since you started in this space, how have you seen a change? I mean, you, you were just talking about AI like a couple of years ago that wasn't I'm sure for the people that working in the space, it was a thing, but for the like average, that's funny because you called Joe, the average Joe, <laughs> it wasn't a thing. Like everybody discovered, you know, last year, the year before, and now everybody's using it. And um, so that's definitely one thing, but I'm sure there's other things like over the past 15 years, what do you feel has changed and what do you feel has remained the same? I feel like there are certain principles that will always remain the same. People buy based on emotion and they back it up with logic. I mean, there's certain ways to be able to deal with people. There are certain systems and processes, systems, and there's uh, taking action. There's your belief systems, like all that stuff, all the personal development stuff and all the systems. I mean, those things are just going to stay. That they are what they are and humans are what they are. In terms of how to get things done, it used to be that you would have to hire someone to write a post for you. Now you just push a button, the AI writes the post for you. You don't have to hire someone to do that work. It used to be I would have to hire someone to edit videos. This video, when you send it to me, it will be edited by an AI. It'll pick the best 30 second clips and make a bunch of different clips for me, put captions, put notes, tell me which ones are more likely to go viral and I'll be able to throw them on YouTube. I'll be able to throw them on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I can put them anywhere I want very quickly. And I don't have to do any of the editing. I used to pay $150 for each video. Now the AI puts out 30 videos in just a matter of seconds and I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with doing all that grunt work. Just like you don't have to deal with sweeping your floor anymore. There's a robot that goes around your house and sweeps your floor. It's called a Roomba. There are going to be robots for everything in our life, but we have to program those robots. You have to program the Roomba. You have to tell it which room to go to, where to clean it. You have to give it parameters, what to do, what not to do, and so on. Same thing with your car. Keep the dog away. <laughs> Keep the dog away. So you have to learn how to be able to program. And so with, with AI, you have to learn a concept called prompt engineering. It used to be that you didn't need prompt engineering. You could have terrible communication, communicate with somebody. They have to figure out what you want and then they'll do it for you. And either they'll do it right or you'll be upset. But at the end of the day, you didn't have to communicate properly. Now there's a very strong need for good communication. Mm. very precise with what you tell the AI to do and learning the art of being very precise is called prompt engineering and knowing how to communicate in a very specific way. And if you're not an expert in the field that you're trying to have the AI help you in, it's going to be very hard for you to be able to prompt engineer properly because you don't know how to be precise. How are you supposed mm. to know how to be precise when you're creating a LinkedIn post or when you're writing SEO or when you're doing an email newsletter? How do you know how to pick a target market? How do you know what niche 
and what to speak to the AI about. You don't, you don't have any experience in marketing. And so you're going to have to have a marketing professional that knows prompt engineering to help you be able to do it in an affordable way. And that's the key right now. The differentiator is AI is not going to take over people's jobs. It's going to be other people that know how to use AI are going to take over the jobs of people that don't know how to use AI. Hmm. Still need experts. Yeah. You still need experts. Absolutely agree with that. You, when you were talking about LinkedIn and generating um, engagement and generating clients, um, how, I mean, a lot of people see, you know, they have their personal LinkedIn profile and then they have the company LinkedIn profile. Oftentimes those are not really connected in any way and they're very different in terms of content. And I find oftentimes the company LinkedIn profiles are really, I don't, I'm looking for a word there, but they're, they're really dead. Like they're not interesting. They're like really, you know, some sort of a really short bits of updates, almost like, you know, there's, there's nothing interesting about them and more and more people are turning to, um, uh, that's been a phenomenon, I think for some time, the personal brand. So like people are interested in who's behind the company. So the employees, the CEO, the, the whole team becomes a lot more what people look for and judge the company for than the actual company account itself. So, what are your thoughts on that? How how should it be done? And how does your uh, company help with that? So there are three ways that our company helps. Ajax Union helps <laughs> do it for you. So we can post on your personal page or on your company page on your behalf and make sure to get you engagement on that. Number two is we can do it with you. We have a training company called Evergreen and we have an accelerator program on March 20th that people can join. And for six hours, we can do it together with you and help you be able to craft an arsenal of posts, both for your personal page and your company page and help you distinguish between the two and how to promote both of them. Or you can use our AI tool, Evy AI, and kind of do it yourself. You can come to our webinars, you can get some basic training and have the AI do it for you. So there's do it, there's do it for you, there's do it with you, or there's do it yourself. And what I always tell people is that if you look at the feed, tell me what you see. Do you see profiles? Or do you see company pages? 90% of the organic traffic to the feed will typically be people's content from profiles. But there's a percentage of it that's coming from pages. But if you look closely to who those pages are, it's usually promoted pages. A lot of people don't even notice that mm. promoted. And so LinkedIn is trying to reserve the content that's coming from company pages on their feed for company pages that are promoting it through LinkedIn's advertising system. And so if you're going to post on your company page, yeah, you'll do it great for branding purposes. It'll rank on Google. It'll be great. And if somebody comes to your company page, you'll see those posts there that you're updating it. But really the exposure, you're not going to get a lot of impressions on those. It's more for branding where you're going to get more impressions is going to be on your personal profile, but it also depends on how many followers you have. I don't know if you know this, but every connection that you add on LinkedIn also becomes a follower of yours automatically unless mm. they follow you. And so LinkedIn is the only platform where you can actually pick up tens of thousands of followers relatively quickly because you can add tens of thousands of connections. Whereas with Facebook, mm. you're limited on 5,000 connections. Just when you friend somebody, it doesn't mean they're following you. On Twitter, if you follow somebody, it doesn't mean they're following you. If you're on Instagram, if you follow mm. somebody, it doesn't mean they're following you. On LinkedIn, when you connect with someone, they automatically follow you. That's powerful. Hmm, absolutely. I, I have to say, I'm actually 
pretty bad, I think, at my LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm have, I have those waves of I'm like, I'm using it and then I like totally forget it for like weeks, sometimes even months. So what are your tips on that? And what are some mistakes that you feel people are like often making with their personal LinkedIn profiles and with their company LinkedIn profiles? Well, I would say that for personal profiles, you want to make sure that you know who your target market is. You knew that you make sure that you have the right amount of people and that you're actually connecting with those people and building relationships. There are three things you want from your personal profile. You want exposure, you want credibility, and you want meetings. I don't know if you're into meetings, but I personally want five meetings a day. If I don't have five meetings a day with people, I didn't do the, my, my job correctly. And so you need to sit there and make a schedule and say, okay, I want to book five meetings this week or this day or this month decide how many meetings you want per day, per week, per month, and then see if you can use LinkedIn to do that. And that has to do with the messaging, the component, the back end, you know, like what you do with people. Like I'm right now, as we're talking, I'm messaging people and people are messaging me and we're having conversations in the back end. I'm also very focused on this podcast, but sometimes people will message me and I'll push a button and I'll answer them because I want to book a meeting with them and build a relationship with them. I also have a virtual assistant that's helping me do that as well. And she's monitoring everything and make sure everything is done properly. The other thing is your company page. Your company page needs branding and it needs advertising and it needs exposure. So in order for you to take care of your company page, you need to first post consistently, make sure that it's optimized, that you have a background banner, that you have the right about section. And you can also invite your connections to like your company page. So you can do about a hundred at a time. It's really easy to do. You just go to your company page as an admin, you hit invite and you can invite them as well. And then you can advertise your company page to very specific people in a very specific target market. And you can do a like campaign. You can do a lead gen campaign. You could do a video view campaign. There's lots of different types of campaigns that you can run. And again, LinkedIn, LinkedIn advertising is not cheap. So you have to make sure that you're getting an ROI from that. And if you want branding or if you want exposure, if you want lead generation, you can achieve all of it, but it's marketing. The difference between the profile and the company page is that the profile is networking and the company page is marketing. Now, if you want mm. prospecting, then you want to use sales navigator, which is a whole nother conversation. Mm. And do you help with that as well? Or that's a, that's a different story. Yeah, we do have a sales navigator bootcamp that people can attend. If you go to salesnavbootcamp.com, you can see that. And we teach people the five elements of sales navigator. So what are the five elements of sales navigator? You need to learn a list strategy, how to build a list. You need to learn search. There's 29 different filters. So learning how to leverage uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator search filters. It's very hard to do, but once you learn it, you know it forever. Then learning how to do in-mail. Most people can only send 50 in-mails a month, but we teach you how to send 800 in-mails a month because you need volume in order to get more effective. Then there's alerts because timing is everything. So you have to know when somebody changes a position or when somebody has a specific type of alert that will alert you that now is the time is right to reach out. And then finally, number five is how to use technologies, how to use templates, how to use automations, how to get people's contact information like cell phone numbers and email addresses and reach out to them using a four-prong approach. So we teach all that within our Sales Navigator Bootcamp. It's six weeks, it's one hour per week, starting on February 7th. But if you miss it, you can buy the replay. Wow, you're busy. <laughs> cool. Um, so I want to get back to uh, what we focus on um, naming and domains. And I ask all of my guests, so 
you have really peculiar name for your companies. I also noticed that you have um, your name as a domain name where you present your personal brand, your personal profile and speaking and books, etc. So what are your thoughts from all of your experiences with all of your businesses on the importance of naming a brand, personal brand and domain names as part of that mix? I think, I think that naming a personal brand if your if your personal brand is really hard to remember, really hard to say, people are not going to remember it. People are not going to say it. People are not going to use it. So you want different strategies when it comes to naming. You could either have two words that are really easy to remember that nobody picked yet and put them together. For example, Ajax Union. That's the name of my company. I picked Ajax Union because when I bought Ajax Union, having a letter A mattered in the first letter because we were alphabetical in the trade shows. Mm. And so we wanted to be the first one. So Ajax Union <laughs> number one. So it was easy to be on the top of the list because we were Ajax Union. My name also stands starts with an A, Applebaum, Joe Applebaum. Uh, but it was an acronym for Alan, which was my partner then, which I bought off since. Joe and X, X is the customer. So it was a union, a partnership between me, Alan and the customer. But now it's more about... Um, you know, it's just a company that has a simple name that's very recognized. I also wanted two words that were easy to remember that a lot of people knew. Like Ajax is a, a soccer ball team. It's a cleaning company. It's a very popular name. And Union, you know, there's Western Union. There's the Union. There are unions. There's Union County, which I live in Union County right now. So it really makes sense for me to have Ajax Union. And so just like it's an easy word to spell, easy word to remember. And it's easy. It's like four syllables. Ajax Union. So you think about the syllables. Mm -hmm. With Evergreen, initially I started the company, I called it Social Selling, but LinkedIn didn't like that. I used the word in at the end of my name and they actually sent me a cease and desist letter from their lawyer oh. and they said, you can no longer use your company name, Social Selling, to promote LinkedIn, LinkedIn stuff. And so what we did was we changed the company name to Evergreen. Now we did put a particular spelling with the word Evergreen and that spelling that we put with Evergreen, we put that spelling in a specific way that allowed us to be able to spell it in a way where people are like, hang on a second, it's not evergreen? No, it has a Y in it. So although it's said like evergreen, and when you read it, it looks like evergreen, it's evergreen with a Y, so it's still easy to remember because you just say evergreen, E-V-Y-R, and it's easy to remember, and it's still a simple word, evergreen. Simple words, easy to remember, and people look at it and they're like, oh, it's with the Y. It's evergreen with the Y. Because evergreen.com is like everything is evergreen. You know, like evergreen is so easy to remember. But if you can get evergreen.com with a Y, that's peculiar, that's interesting, and that's memorable and easy to remember. And then we just took the first three letters of evergreen and we just added AI to it. So it's Evie AI. So people, we have a lot of customers that we service with evergreen and they called it Evie. So it's Evie AI, E-V-Y AI. So you also maybe want a short name too. So if you can get a five letter domain, it makes it really easy to remember, really easy to spell, really easy for a branding perspective. So the strategies are either one, use two words that are not commonly together, but they're very easy to remember and popular words and easy to spell. Or two, use one word that's easy to remember, but change the spelling a little bit that it's in a, not too much out of the way, maybe one letter, change one letter around. And so make it really easy. So it's one word, evergreen and it's easy to remember, and you just change one letter around and tell everyone what that letter is, so this way they remember it, and they have to like do the work to remember which letter was changed, and when they do that work, it clicks in and they remember forever, 
And then if you're going to have something else, try a short domain with a bunch of letters and make it mean something. Like everyone remembers EVAI. It's EVY. You just have to remember the first three letters and then AI, everyone remembers. So it's EVYAI. Now, the problem with the last one, EVYAI, is that some people think it's EVY.AI. That's what they think. Mm. And so I have to remember, I have to say, no, 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 it's EVYAI.com. So it's a challenge. Um, but, you know, I would love to call a company tomato, but I'm not going to be able to <laughs> tomato.com. If I could buy tomato.com, it would be great. But not everybody <laughs> likes tomatoes. Some people are allergic to tomatoes. So, you know. <laughs> It has its uh, it has its ups and downs, uh, like everything. Yeah, I do I do like the AVAI as well because it's um it, it's it's like a person's name. It's like a friendly kind of assistant, and I, I really like those type of names that you you almost imagine a persona with them, especially when it's you know for the type of software that is assisting you with something. We we did have a article even on the use of personal names as brand names, and it's becoming more and more popular. And also, um, I I really like the fact that it's becoming popular in um, industries that are historically a lot more serious. Like that would usually not have, you know, funny, short, Claude. personal names. Like Claude.ai. Mm, yeah. Like Edgar. You know, there's a lot of really cool brands. That Dave, are Dave, I think uh, as well. Dave.com was a financial company, I think. Yeah, so yeah. The Drudge Report. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that kind of like, you know, use their name and, you know, Michael Management. There's a lot of companies like that. What I would what I would tell people is that you have to feel your personal connection with the name as well and have a story behind it. Because if you don't have a story behind it, people are like, hey, why do you name it that? And people want to hear the story. They want to remember the mm. story and they want to connect with that story. So that's really important too. And also don't be afraid to buy new domain names. Like for example, if you want to go to my LinkedIn profile, you go to <laughs> joelinkedin.com, J-O-E LinkedIn.com. If you want to check out the Sales Navigator Bootcamp, you go to salesnavbootcamp.com because it'll just take you straight to the landing page. Mm. I buy domains that are easy to remember. Like somebody said, Joe, how do I get to your new AI course? So guess what I bought? New AI course.com. <laughs> Is that how you get to my new yeah. AI course? Yeah, it's a new AI course. It's always renewing. It's always going to be new and it's easy to remember. Um, I wanted to do a smart HVAC strategy. So I have smart HVAC strategy.com. Mm. I always pick simple things as additional domains to help me with landing pages and things like that as well. Mm. I think that's a great point. And again, we recently um, wrote an article on creative use of domain names um, and it, it's really fun. And, and the thing is like a lot of like wildly successful entrepreneurs and most of the big, you know, global brands do it. It's just, they don't talk about it much and people are not aware of it, but exactly what you just said, it, it's, it's so easy, so much easier to, to just, you know, say to people go there and it's, you know, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, rather than, you know, go to whatever page slash whatever slash whatever. Yeah, no, totally. It's so much easier. And, you know, buying domains is not expensive. A lot of people don't want to invest in domains, but I, I feel like it's really important for you to buy domains. I use a tool called lean domain search to help me find domains um, so, you know, that's really, really great. Great. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think any, any serious company should have a domain strategy that, you know, one of those things, one of the aspects of that is buying domains creatively for different products or campaigns and 
a lot of other elements to it as well. Great. Um, well, last question. What are you looking forward to in 2024? You just mentioned you have a boot camp in February and in March, I think you said another one. Uh, we're going to include links to both of those in the write-up for the podcast so everybody can check them out. What else? Uh, so I, I'm really excited about Evie AI. I feel like it's really going to impact people a lot. I'm going to be starting like a community for people that want to be engaged thought leaders this year. Um, I am, I'm just going to really double down on that. We have also a AI circle. We meet once a month. We have the AI business development circle. We meet for three hours once a month, the third Monday of every month. So February 19th, we're meeting for three hours. So I'm going to be doing that all year. Um, and that's a monthly thing where people join to learn every aspect of artificial intelligence for business development. Um, so I'm really focusing, I'm moving to focus a lot more on not just teaching LinkedIn, but teaching AI with LinkedIn and helping people be able to be part of a community, be thought leaders, join in and go deep with each other. So that's really going to be my focus for the year, using Evy AI together in a community and learning how to use AI for every aspect of your business. That's really the idea. Last thing, I lied about it being a last question then, but because we're talking about those boot camps and those courses and um, who are they for? Like, is it for everyone? Do you have to have a business or can you just, you know, be thinking about starting one or uh, what size of a company do you have to, to, to have to benefit from those? I think that any size company, you can benefit from it. You know, I think that at the end of the day, it's all about is your target market using LinkedIn? Are your centers of influence, the people that are in the position to support you, to refer business to you? Are they on LinkedIn? And if they are on LinkedIn, there's a billion people on LinkedIn. So it's likely that they are. I had a, a, a dietitian recently, uh, a dietitian recently reached out to me and she said, Joe, I work with other dietitians and I don't really use LinkedIn. I said, why not? She said, because dietitians use Instagram and Facebook. There are no dietitians on LinkedIn. I said, okay. I said, how many dietitians are there in the world? She's like, I don't know, maybe 500,000. So I said, okay, so how many dietitians do you think are on LinkedIn? She's like, I have no idea. I don't think any, there's none. <laughs> I said, can we do a search? I said, just in the United States alone, there's over a hundred thousand dietitians on LinkedIn. She's like, no, <laughs> no, really? My eyes. I was like, yeah, go look. And the thing is, if you find them on Instagram, you just see a screen name for the dietitian. You don't know who they are. Mm. If you look them up on LinkedIn, guess what you know? First name, last name, email address company name, title, how long they worked there, where they worked, mm. where they worked before that, what they commented on, what they liked on, what school they went to. So, you know, their age, who they were mutually connected to you. So you can get an intro to them, an email intro. And she's like, okay, I'm sold. How do I, <laughs> do I don't even know how to use LinkedIn. I said, come to my training, go to evyrgren.com. Click on LinkedIn training. We have different options there. Pick one and let's go. Let's get started. And she's like, okay, you, you blew my mind. Let's go. <laughs> so that's, that's the idea. The idea is telling stories, sharing those stories online. I just shared a story about the dietitian, right? I could have just told you there are a lot of people, blah, 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 but instead I shared a story. So sharing a story, that's how you elicit connection. Hmm. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's been an absolute pleasure and uh, full of insights for everybody listening. So thank you so much. That's been great. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon.
Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.